Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. And the NBA and college basketball it is back. NFL and college football playoffs, they're right around the corner. And with all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking, oh, I don't know, picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship, upset Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, or maybe the Bears picking up a win against the Saints in New Orleans on Sunday, you got to head to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always that online casino as well. Hint, hint, it never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the pod. Happy New Year to all you believers out there. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to the pod. We've got a very special guest today. It is Bears playoffs week. The Bears heading down to New Orleans to take on the Saints. They are nine-point underdogs right now, so let's get it on. Bringing on a guy who I've been following for a little while. I absolutely love his, t- his takes. I love his show. You can find him at sportstalkchicago.com and WCKG as a radio host. John Zaglul, how are you, John? Happy New Year. I'm doing great. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for having me. This should be very fun. The Bears being such high underdogs. It's pretty shocking to me, but we'll see how it works out. Yeah, underdogs in Vegas, underdogs in the hearts of Bears fans kind of want to start there for you right now. I enjoyed your take the other day on the show for a Chicago Bears team and an organization. They're heading to the playoffs for the second time in the past three seasons. They haven't done it in that close of a span in over 15 years. I get it. They're eight and eight. They backed into the playoffs. They're playing a Saints team that's going to be a heavy favorite right now. But there is a lot of angst and an anger going on with Bears fans right now. What is your take on that? And can you really justify a fan base being so upset with a team heading to a playoff, something that we haven't really gotten a chance to bite at that apple in recent seasons. I can't justify it, to be honest with you. I mean, I understand that everybody wants Nagy gone. Everyone wants Pace gone. Everyone wants Mitch gone. You know, rebuild. Let's tear it all down. Look, they got in again. They made it. Two years, two out of three years under Nagy and under Pace and under the initial rebuild under Ryan Pace. I mean, they're in. What more do you want as a Chicago Bears fan? And I know... They're still mediocre. This is the worst thing that could have happened. That's all I've been hearing. But this is so rare. And what you alluded to, what I said on my show the other day, this is so rare to see. I mean, I'm 20 years old, okay? I remember vaguely the Super Bowl in 2006. Vaguely remember 2010. I'll never forget 2018, obviously, with the double doing. But that's it for me. You know, other people are older. They've been more fortunate to see the Super Bowl. But I I haven't. I don't know when I'm going to see that, if ever. So I'm pretty grateful with where they are. Would it be nice to see them at the top of the league going 13 and three and having all these different changes like people want? Sure. But I'm also realistic and I'm also grateful with where they are today. I'm not a high maintenance fan. I'm not asking for 15 and one, 16 and no every season and to be a contender every season, because that's not what the bears are. They're not the new England Patriots. They don't have Tom Brady. They have who they have and they've got in going eight and eight to me. I'm happy, but apparently a lot of other people tend to disagree with that. And for those people, I can see the other side of the fence, right? Of course, we can, we can have the Mitchell Trubisky situation. We can have that conversation probably on a different pod. We're going to dip into it just a little bit, but we're going to focus a little bit more on the here and now. Of course, maybe we would like him to be a little bit further along in his career with his progression. Yes, maybe a Matt Nagy's you know, third season, you know, maybe he's all of a sudden now out coaching other teams out there. He's still a young coach making progress. It's just funny to me. I mean... 
I got a couple of years and you're senior. Let me, let me break it down for you, man. We don't see this that often. We really don't. We got like 2001, we got 05, 06, we got 10. That's it, my man. And it's funny, you know, growing up and you watch a lot of different teams, you know, you see a Blackhawks team before they won three cups, they go to multiple playoffs. They knock on the door. They get their ass beat by the Detroit Red Wings several seasons. The Chicago Bulls of the late 80s, you know, they go up against buttheads against the Pistons. They get swept by the Pistons one series, you know, and I get it. They changed the coaches back then, but there's a maturation process that sometimes happens in sports. It's a third-year coach with Matt Nagy right now. You know, is Mitch Trubisky the quarterback of the future? I don't know, but the structure that's in place right now is kind of taking us somewhat in the direction that we would like to see to go. Is it strange that maybe in this 2020 time, I know this season has been unprecedented. I know it's been strange, but it feels a little bit like some Bears fans out there are outside driving the Toyota and they immediately want to go up to the Lamborghini. And I think life doesn't really quite work out like that. And I know for a fact sports doesn't work out like that. That's such a great point. And I actually addressed that on a video coming out today that I have. You have to be patient. Patience is a virtue. You can't be asking for everything and expect it to come the same day. People need to be grateful with where this team is. And you, you said it about the playoff appearances. Think about five years ago, you know, John Fox is coaching. Before that, Bill Embry's up there. He was fired. They, they bring in a new coach, new GM. All of this stuff happens. And the Bears make the playoffs in two out of three seasons under another head coach, and people still aren't satisfied. That, to me, doesn't make any sense. And it goes to show us that, in some cases, we've become too spoiled as fans, I think. You know, a lot of people were um, sullied by the Cubs in 2016, and they felt like, okay, we can move that model to the Bears and to the Bulls and to the White Sox and move it everywhere, and everybody could just win, and we want instant gratification. We want it now, but that's not how it works. What the Cubs did took them five years, right, from Dio and Jen when they came in to when they won the World Series. In the Bears' case, they make the playoffs in 2010. We don't hear anything from them till 2018 and now 2020. I think we need to remember what times were like before all the prosperity, quote-unquote, before the Bears were 12-4 and and they got in in 2018 and they had Mitch and Matt Nagy. Remember how dark times were. Then you realize and you'll appreciate what you have today. I think that's something that people are lacking and, you know, I know we're in the present moment. We, we tend to forget about stuff like that, but it should be remembered. And, and historical context is important here. Two out of three, not bad at all. It still is significant. It still means something. And I think we just all need to acknowledge that a bit more instead of find ways to tear them down or say it should be a rebuild. They shouldn't even be in this position. And I think there's a way to look at this, you know, from both sides. Sure. A lot of things about this team are incredibly frustrating. You know, this 2020 Bears team, I really can't off the top of my head really think of a team in any sport that has gone from the highs to highs of, hey, we're cruising and are we talking two seed, one seed in the NFC after a five and one start to losing six in a row, which is impossible in the NFL. And then you come back and you win three games in a row. So I get it. You know, <laughs> we might be a little bit shell-shocked just a little bit as Bears fans. But at the exact same time, and you brought this up the other day, so I want to ask you about it right now. I feel like a lot of Bears fans, they're saying that we're in purgatory. We're in sports hell right now. I'm in a little bit of a disagreement, and you brought this up perfectly, is you know, we're a far distance away from the Chiefs. 
And as we learned in week 17, even though that game was a little bit closer than a lot of people want to make it out to be, you know, a lot of, you know, national pundits were calling it a drubbing, a thumping. That game was close. It was 21-16 in the fourth quarter with a fourth and one to either kick a field goal or go ahead. A little bit closer than we thought, but let's just say we're not very close to the Packers either. We sure as hell aren't that close to the Jets either. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of sports, you know, if you want to talk about an eight seed in the NBA, I get it. That's purgatory. That's a tough place to be. If you want to talk about an eight seed in the NHL, tough place to be but in baseball and football if you're in the playoffs you got a chance and if you got a chance and if you're even those eight and eight teams that following season those guys take that step up you don't think the san francisco 49ers go from a super bowl to missing the playoffs you don't think that they can hop back into that conversation next year you know i think if you're in the dance i think it says something this season was very frustrating at eight and eight but I do think we do need to look at a lot of positives, especially at least moving forward. You know, the cupboard isn't as bare as we think it is. Would you agree with that? 100%. You know, there's a lot of talent on this team, believe it or not. Maybe they don't play well together, but there's a lot of individual standout talent. Roquan Smith is going to be an all-pro uh, linebacker. David Montgomery finally broke out, and, you know, we've seen him for a couple of years now, and people thought he was a bust last year because the offensive line was beat up. The offensive line itself. We've seen improvement there uh, ever since other guys got hurt, ironically enough. The guys who came in and they were shuffling, they've done better. Allen Robinson, 1,000-yard season. Darnell Mooney, great year as a fifth-round pick. Khalil Mack had 10 sacks for the first time since 2018. There were positives. There were good things here. And as you said correctly, do you want to be the 1-15 in 15 Jets or the 2-14 and 14 Jets? Do you want to be tanking for Trevor? I sure as hell don't. I don't want to sit around each week on a Sunday and just root for the Bears to lose. And I think, unfortunately, some people want that. And if you do, I was going to say, move, move to Detroit, yeah. move to Detroit and talk to Lions fans for a little while. You spend a, you spend a couple seasons with the Lions fans <laughs> and then you come back and then we will decide whether we want to let you back into the Bear Down tent. That's exactly it. I mean, if you want that, there are many other franchises you could go root for, and I'm sure you'll you'll be satisfied. You'll be happy with the direction they're going in, but I don't want that for this team yet. There are a lot of individually good pieces on this team. We just named them all who've had good years, and I'm sure I'm missing people on top of it. Cairo Santos, by the way, there's another. So there are good players. They just need to work together and find a way to win, and you know, some people have said, well, it's Matt Nagy, get a new coach in. A lot of people have said, well, it's Mitch Trubisky, get a new quarterback in. It's a, it's a variety of factors. But to sit here and actively want to tear down this team, knowing how much individual talent is already on it, knowing the positives that we've seen from this year, despite the team going 8-8, eight and eight, I just think that's a bit irresponsible because there are a lot of good things that aren't getting enough attention because of the quarterback controversy, the head coach, the GM. You know, you get rid of those things, and I know this sounds crazy, but you get rid of those three things, and you just look at each player individually. You'll think, wow, this is a horrible team. They're, they're competitive, and they're, they're in the playoffs for a reason. I, I, come from a, I come from a comedian's background, and one of my biggest pet peeves in this world is when someone, like, you write a joke, you say a joke, someone says, I don't like that joke, but then they don't have a better joke to replace it which is my saying to Bears fans right now. You want a new coach? What are your suggestions? What are the options? You want a new quarterback? I mean, let's be realistic here. What are those options? Are you getting Jacoby Brissett? 
Are you picking up the contract on Wentz and crossing your fingers? You know, so the terrain out there isn't as easy. I mean, we can all pick apart Mitch's game as much as we want. But again, we do have to ground ourselves a little bit in reality and say, what are those options? You know, the options heading into last offseason, the Cam Newtons, the Andy Daltons of the world. None of that was the fix. None of that was the answer at all. And look, haters are going to hate. And now we're hating on the haters and it goes on and on. So, But let me ask you this. Is it fair to say in a 2020 unprecedented season like this uh you know for you personally how has it been wrapping your head around just this bears team it's been a crazy roller coaster i personally have just surrendered to i'm not sure what i'm gonna get um and for all the critics out there that you know said you got to play mitch during the preseason you know he didn't play during the preseason you know this has been a very very strange year you know just personally how have you emotionally handled the roller coaster that is the 2020 chicago bears well, I haven't been to a doctor in a while, so I can't comment on my blood pressure, but I'd probably say I have hypertension now. No, you know, it's it's been insane, man. And each week, it's like I'm up here. I'm super high up. I'm so excited because Mitch will make plays. You know, this team will put up some good performances. And the next week, it just goes completely the opposite. And it's just so heart-wrenching. But you brought up a good point. No preseason. We didn't know if there was going to be a season. Let's be honest. Come on. In March and April, when this whole country was locked down, did you really think that there was going to be an NFL season normal? I sure as hell didn't. So I think we have to really, you know, hone in the expectations a bit. Let's be happy there was a season. Just like we were happy that the NBA played in the bubble and the NBA is playing now, the MLB, they're supposed to start on time for next year, the NHL too. We should be happy that sports are back first and foremost and that we get to have these conversations instead of talking about nonsense. That said, you know, it's been a wild ride. It's been something that I probably can't match. I mean, last year didn't match it because they were just mediocre. There, there was never a time where the Bears were 5-1 and one last year. And I'm like, okay, they're going to make it. Then they're going to lose, you know, six straight. Or I, I never thought that. This year, it looked like they were going to be in and it looked like they were going to be out. And what do you know? Now they're in. It's been just crazy. And, you know, I'm hoping it continues, but there are a lot of question marks and, you know, there are paths to victory uh, for Sunday against new Orleans, but there are also a lot of ways in which the bears could shoot themselves in the foot. We're just going to have to see what plays out. Let's hop in a car. Let's drive down those paths a little bit. And let's talk about bears and saints coming up this Sunday. Bears played the saints earlier this season, took them to overtime, lost by a field goal. I thought, you know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch all 22 on that thing. Not because you know, Nick Foles was under center. I don't know if I'm going to learn a lot offensively, maybe try and pick a couple things away defensively. We'll see what happens. But I thought that they had multiple opportunities to win that game. Granted, they're not going to be at home. They're going to be on the road. You know, what's your early handicap with this game? You know, heading down to New Orleans, no fans. Typically, you'd be like, uh-oh, you know, home field advantage is going to be loud and rocking in that place. They're going to be pumping in uh, just, you know, audio noise. What's your early first blush take on Bears versus Saints? I mean, I think they can cover. And you could call me crazy, but at a plus nine and a half, I don't see why you don't favor the Bears in that scenario. Put, put your money on the Bears, you know, if you're, if you're going to be betting on that game. The Bears have paths to victory. As crazy as it sounds, they do. They have to commit to the run game. David Montgomery has to have 25 to 30 carries. I don't care if it becomes redundant. I don't care if a couple of times you're you're calling draws up the middle, he's getting two yards. Commit to the damn run game because we've seen all year that he's a talented running back. And with the offensive line, the way it's been playing recently, I don't see why you don't hand the ball to him 25 to 30 times. Let Mitch Trubisky be himself, you know, 
I don't know if it was just me, but when I watched that Packers game, it seemed like he was scared. And, and I know that's a Mitch trade. He's always scared. But part of that, too, is the play calling. It seems like he's never really incentivized nor encouraged to, to throw the ball past, you know, 10 or 15 yards down the field. That may need to change. You do need to take risks. It's a playoff game. Win or go home. There's no more being conservative. There's no more, you know, wallowing in a corner and, and hoping for something to happen. You have to take and advocate for risks in this game. And I would hope the Bears make that adjustment. At the same time, keep doing what's worked for Mitch. Make him mobile in the pocket. He's better when he's rolling out, but, you know, throwing balls in the flat. He's completing passes. He's taking care of the football. The Bears are gaining yards. They're moving on offense. I have no issue with that sort of game plan as well. And if you're the Bears defensively, do whatever you can to get to, uh, to Drew Brees. I made the comparison the other day. He's like Peyton Manning in his last year. Peyton Manning had nine touchdowns, 18 picks. Broncos won the Super Bowl carried by his defense. Drew Brees this year, he was hurt half the year anyways. When he plays, he's carried by his gadget guys, Kamara and Hill. Michael Thomas is back, Emmanuel Sanders. That's why the Saints are still succeeding. Drew Brees can't throw the ball 10 yards. Literally cannot throw the ball past 10 yards down the field. No one's talking about it because Drew Brees is a legend. But, you know, that's that's a worse situation than the Bears and Mitch Trubisky right now, I would argue. So the Bears have to do whatever they can to make sure they just make Brees uncomfortable, make it hard for him to complete a five-yard pass. Then they'll really be in trouble. Uh, on top of it, we don't even know if Kamara's playing. You know, he still has COVID. He missed last week, too. If Kamara doesn't play, I would assume the line changes, and the Bears, you know, that, that evens up a bit as well. There are a lot of question marks in this game. And it's easy just to say Saints are going to win, going to be a blowout, who cares. But there are paths to victory. For, for this Bears team. And I would hope that people decide to realize that and take a deeper look before Sunday's game. Yeah, Kamara will be eligible to come off the protocol, but he still has to get through the protocol. And that's where we're standing right now. We're recording this on a Tuesday, 2.15 Pacific time. We're time stamping this right now. And I'm with you. I don't think there's going to be a lot of air yards in this game. Uh, there's going to be some really interesting stats, I think, from both quarterbacks about not really uh, the ball in flight from uh, longer than probably 30 feet at a time. I'm with you. And here's what I want to kind of get to is I've really enjoyed where this bears offense has been trending now for the past month, everything that you just said. I mean, Mitch, you know, at one point, I think he was 11 for 11 in a second half stretch. We're putting together drives. We're getting, putting ourselves in a position to win. What I did find to be so disheartening about last week's loss against the Packers was it's just Mitch in the red zone. And it's become a real struggling point. And I, I, I'm a Mitch supporter. I don't think I'm going to call myself a Mitch fan. I'm definitely not a Mitch hater. I want the guy to be successful. And this is just the one part of his game that is just not matured, I think, in the way that Bears fans or Bears coaches have wanted to see. You know, if you just pull up some stats right now, he's completing 57% of his passes in the red zone. My problem is in, in that one yard to 10 yard area where it's like you can't really run the ball. You kind of have to throw it and get it in the end zone. He's averaging right now 54% completion percentage in that area, the 1 to 10-yard area in the red zone, averaging 3.8 yards per attempt, which means he's not even attempting to put it in the end zone right now. And I find that to be a little disheartening. That's why you see touchdowns turning into field goals, and that's why you see a situation against a high-powered offense like the Green Bay Packers. It becomes a lot more daunting, even though if you start looking at it, you're like, oh, man, three field goals, one missed fourth down turn two of those into touchdowns, all of a sudden, you know, you're playing with something a little bit different here right now. In your opinion, when you're watching them out there, when we get in that red zone, is this all on Mitch? 
Is this also when Bears fans like to criticize Matt Nagy for getting cute with his play calls? You know, where do you think that confidence level is right now? Do the Bears coaches trust Trubisky to make that throw in the end zone? Does Trubisky trust himself to make that throw in the end zone? Where do you think they are right there? And, and, and man, I just think they need to clean that up if they have a chance on Sunday. Couldn't agree more. I think it's 50-50. First of all, we've seen Mitch, unfortunately, throw picks in the red zone. In most cases, they haven't necessarily determined the game. Like the one in Jacksonville comes to mind right away. A lot of people freaked out, but the Bears won that game by 30. That is still concerning. I feel like part of it, though, is to uh, play calling. You know, you can't be calling a cold Komet end around on a first and goal inside the red zone. I mean, that's, I don't know what the hell that was when I saw that. That, that was stupid. So I think it's 50-50. I also think Mitch, unfortunately, He's a broken quarterback as it is due to John Fox and now Matt Nagy. And he may not have the confidence, and I don't blame him. It's a shame that that's the case, but I don't blame him either. He's been through so much. He's been broken by, by all of this stuff that's happened to him. And if he doesn't have the confidence to throw a ball into the end zone, I understand it, but it also doesn't help the Bears' cause whatsoever. You know, he's been traumatized, I assume, by the interceptions he's thrown in the past, by worrying about his leash I'm sure I mean hey who knows we might see Nick Foles pop into the game on Sunday I mean I wouldn't throw anything out at this point so you know you put all that together it's 50 50 for sure but I agree with you wholeheartedly uh th this needs to change and get better because you can't be settling for a field goal three out of four times in the red zone and like you said correctly had the Bears maybe gone for a little bit more uh, you know against the Packers that game could have ended in a completely different way. We wouldn't even be talking about or trashing Mitch that much anyway, or this team. Them going nine and seven, getting in, beating the Packers. There'd be a much different conversation you and I and everybody would be having right now if that were the case. So, we, yeah, I mean, we need to think about how they could improve. I think part of it is instilling more confidence in Mitch, and that's hard to do on this team. And based on what he's been through, a part of it is, too, can't be calling Colcomet under rounds inside the 10 yard line on a first and goal. So I, I think it goes both ways a bit. Yeah. Bears Packers, you know, the bears win that game. We're playing that old school NFL thing of like, how dangerous are these bears heading into the playoffs if they win? Fortunately, now we're sort of out there's now we're now we're talking about like, you know, always, oh, woe is me. We can't beat the Packers. And now we're in the playoffs. I'm with you this whole season. I think when we look back upon it specifically with Trubisky and Nagy, it's all going to be about a question of trust, right? Clearly. Matt Nagy in the offseason wanted to move on from Trubby. They brought in Nick Foles. They did a competition in training camp, probably to save Ryan Pace's ego. Trubisky gets the job, but on the first bad pick, he gets yanked and disappears for seven games. The next seven games go so poorly, they have to go back to Trubisky. And now they're playing, you know, they're doing it a little, you know, doing what they can. And, and they're seeing progress and they're seeing efficiency and they're seeing productivity. But at the same time, it's, it's the same stuff. You know, if you look up uh, Trubby's eight interceptions this season, five of them have come on the other side of the field, giving the, uh, the opponents a short field. Coaches hate to see that. It's the worst time you come up with a turnover. And then those red zone stats that I just read off, you know, clearly when he's got the ball in his hands and he needs to make that play, which is what the great quarterbacks do, there's something in his head that's going like, it's either Matt Nagy yelling at him in his head or, you know <laughs> what I mean? There's just something going on there that I think is making him think, you know, once, twice, whatever. And you can tell, like, in the red zone the last couple of weeks, especially against Green Bay, no 50-50 balls off the table. We, we're, we're not going to put Mitch in the position to throw that in the red zone. They took that away. I wish they would kind of get back a little bit more to some inside, inside slant stuff, just like a drive, like hard and drive, like right on in there. 
But again, uh, this is what it's going to come down to if they want to win this playoff game is when they're they're in the red zone. They got to cash in on those touchdowns. I mean, field goals are great, but the way this defense is playing right now, you know, field goals might not mean a whole lot. And that's the problem. Let's get to it, John. I'm dying to hear. Tell me a couple of your keys. You know, we, we talked about this a little bit briefly. You mentioned a couple of them, but give me one or two keys. If these things specifically happen in the game for the Bears, the Bears got a shot at beating the Saints in the wild card playoff round. You know, I said that before. I'll say it again. David Montgomery has to have 25 to 30 carries and he needs to have 100 yards. You know, he needs to be averaging four yards per carry. If they establish the run, what that'll do is, you know, the play actions will work in Mitch's favor. Mitch loves the bootleg. Mitch loves to move. Mitch loves lining up in the shotgun too. If you're able to establish the run, you can throw off the defense with a draw, throw them off of the play action, find some guys open downfield and really get things going offensively. And that's key number two. Let the guy play. You know, this guy still, unfortunately, is going to be playing for a contract, going to be playing for his Bears tenure, going to be playing to stay in the NFL, really, at this point. So it's a matter of letting Mitch take the keys to the car and say, hey, kid, drive at this point. I mean, you know, what do you have to lose? If Mitch stinks it up and does horrible, well, then maybe, you know, he's not the right guy to keep around for next year and moving forward. Maybe a team will take him as a backup. But if he turns around and has a three touchdown, one pick day, like we've seen many times, two touchdowns, one pick, you know, 98 passer rating, manages the game well, and they win. Well, you have to reconsider about just totally getting rid of him next year. So, one, control the damn run. Make sure David Montgomery is running the ball as much as possible. And two, trust Mitch Trubisky. I know that makes many, uh, many Bears fans cringe, but you have to do it at this point because you can't be playing conservative in a winner go home game. We saw what happened last week. You played conservative, you lost. And if it wasn't for the Cardinals, we would be talking about a rebuild right now. So make sure you let Mitch dictate the offense, give him some more control. If it backfires, you'll actually satisfy your fan base because then people will know, you know what? Let's start the rebuild. If it, if it works and you win, you look like a genius, Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor, Ryan Pace and you can move on to the next round. I'm with you. It's kind of the path to victory. Bears fans don't like to hear it, but it's 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 more or less the reality. If Mitch, like you says, goes out and throws, let's just say, three touchdowns, one interception, Bears win, will Bears fans give him credit? Of course they won't. <laughs> just checking. Want to get it on the record? What are you talking about? Nope, they're not going to give him any credit. What they're going to do is they're going to break down the one pick, say it came at the most inopportune time, and then say the Bears won because of their defense. That's the go-to, and it, you know, it's so sickening. They, I said this the other day, if the Bears win the Super Bowl, let's say they win the Super Bowl, guaranteed everyone will still want everyone gone. Everyone will still want Payne, Snaggy, and Trubisky, even if they win the Super Bowl. I guess that's what needs to happen now. The Bears need to win the Super Bowl to satisfy everybody in a good or bad way. Yeah, uh, bring in Harbaugh. Let's bring in Harbaugh. And uh, and honestly, I mean, at that point, Mitch should just retire. Uh, just leave him wanting. Leave him, leave him thinking about <laughs> Let me think about what would happen. I got a couple more for you before I'm going to spring you. Uh, first one, what's your confidence level in this defense right now heading into the Saints game? On a scale of 1 to 10, I would say maybe about a 5 or 6. I give them the benefit of the doubt only because they're facing Drew Brees. But then again, we, we talked about it. Their gadget players are good. If, if Brees could throw the ball 10 yards, not even 20, just 10, you know, it's going to be a tough game for the Bears defense because they will have Taysom Hill. Hill could throw the ball too. We've seen him win games as a starting quarterback. If Kamara does come back, which I guess it's looking like he is, 
That's going to be a big issue. And Michael Thomas, after whatever was going on in the first half of the season, he's back as well. When he's healthy, when he's playing, he's a top 10 wide receiver. So, you know, if you're the Bears, you have to make sure you limit Drew Brees and how far or how short, rather, he could throw the ball. If you do that, you'll be fine. So I'll give him a five or a six, but I'm still a bit wary on it right now. Yeah, I'm at about a 5.2, and that's probably being generous right now. I mean, over this past month, I'm just asking myself the question, you know, what does this defense do well? You know, I think they only have eight sacks over their last seven games or something along those lines. I mean, outside of Roquan Smith, who's going to be questionable heading into the game, open field tackling has been a bit of an issue. Big plays in the secondary have been kind of an issue. Dropping interceptions has been a huge issue. You know, the pass rush has been a little up and down. I'm a, I'm a shade higher on Robert. Everyone thinks Robert Quinn is, you know, doggy doo-doo. I'm a little bit higher on that. I know the stats don't say it, but I, I try and watch the film and I try and watch him affect plays. He has had moments where he's been able to do that. So, I mean, yeah, and that's why, you know, focusing on this offense is going to be such a huge issue because I don't think we can just lean on the defense and hope that, you know, we can just pick Drew Brees off a couple of times and make his life a living hell, old school Bears football, and walk out with the first road win that they've had in 25 years. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to ask you for your pick yet. I'm going to let you save that. And you're going to give it to the good people on your show. and let, You're going to let them know whether the Bears are going to win or lose. My final question before you before you get out of here, a little off the wall, just want to ask you real quick, Book Shambi, new voice of the Cubs. Are you as pumped as I am? What is your take on that hire? Oh, I love it, man. Um, you know, when I saw the news, I thought to myself, this is probably the best pick. And I love Len Casper. Don't get me wrong. But Boog is pretty darn good in his own right. Um, I talked to him. I had him on the show back in August. This Before, obviously, we even knew about him coming here. Great guy. Uh, he doesn't like baseball purists, at least according to our conversation, which kind of you know got me a little mad because I'm a purist. But I, I could deal with that. That's okay. Has a great voice. Very fun personality. He'll do a great job in the uh, marquee booth, especially with JD. You know, JD is just a character. I think they'll work very well together. I don't know if they're going to have, you know, rotating guest analysts too, whatever it might be. He's a great voice. He's a talented broadcaster. I was very happy. And, you know, it gave me more confidence, especially considering that the first name, Joey, was Chris Myers. I mean, (laughs) great move uh, to get Bukshambi. No question. He's very good. Yeah, Chris Myers at first uh, just sort of seemed to continue the vanilla milk toast direction of the Marquee Networks branding, and I was I was with you. I was not. I, I like him. He's a good announcer. He's very professional. Like him on the NFL, but in terms of day to day, when we're clicking in with our baseball team to head out to Wrigley for a second to see the sunshine and the bleachers, Chris Myers does not exactly get me jacked. When Boog Jambi, I heard that he was getting hired. I. I internally just muttered inside myself, awesome. I, I think it's a great hire. I, I think he's excellent. I think his stories are going to be great. For me personally, when I'm listening to a call, I don't really care so much about the ninth inning. I care about the first inning, and I care about the seventh and the eighth inning because that's when the bullpen moves start happening. That's when the, the tension and the anticipation. And super excited, man. I think it's going to be a great move. I, I hope he really like leans into it, has himself a great time. I could see a scenario. I know you're you're not you're not able to to have a, a, a alcoholic adult beverage yet, but I could see a boogs a boogs bar somewhere right around the corner, right? And you go and you get yourself a boogs brew, and uh, like a buddy said on a text the other day, you if you if you drink from boogs boot, you can win a free T-shirt or you slam a boogs bomb or something. I think we should like totally rock this whole thing out. I think it's a great call, and also I think he'd be a fantastic 
early August dog day summer seventh inning stretch uh, guest, right? I think he can really make things fun and interesting. And uh, for a tough Chicago Cubs offseason, I think Book Shiambi is going to be a great, uh, great addition, hopefully, to the, uh, the broadcast and the presentation of product on the field for the Chicago Cubs, whatever that may look like. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, and I like those marketing ideas. You should go email uh, the Cubs and Crane Kenny and Marquee and get those out there. That's not a bad idea. Hey, spruce it up a bit, man. Harry Carey used to be doing old, uh, old style and Budweiser commercials on TV. You know, why, why not why bring the nostalgia br- uh, back? You know, I, I, I'm all good for that. I'm cool with it. Even though I don't drink and I haven't yet, I'd like to see it on TV. It'd be fun. It, you know, be nostalgic and it would attract those who maybe have been disenfranchised with the team, who maybe didn't watch since the days of Harry Carrier since the early 2000s. You mentioned him. I didn't want to kind of put it out there, but truly I think Boog can eventually, if he if he sticks around there long-term, I think he can actually come close to not the iconic Harry Carey that we all know and love and that personality, but I think he can have a, a bit of a presence in Wrigleyville as his own like individual character, very similar to how Joe Madden was able to kind of acclimate himself to the city. I don't know. I'm crazy. I think Bukshambi could perhaps do it. Oh, I agree. No, no, no. I agree. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people here in Chicago don't really know him yet because he did a lot of ESPN national assignments and he, you know, didn't have any Cubs games. And before that he was with the Braves and the Marlins. No one knows about him. I think once people get to watch him on a day-by-day basis, especially for this upcoming year, doing 130 games, he will develop a following. Trust me. I mean, everyone loved Len and I love Len and I'm, I'm sad to see him go, but there's going to be a following as to Len, like there is to Boog and maybe like, as there was to Harry Carey, no question. A lot of people will latch on very quickly. I think uh, lightning round, quick answer for you. Power rankings, Boog and Benetti one who who's in order right now. Oh man. I'll go with Boog. Boog one, Benetti two. No, 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 no slight to Jason Benetti. No, I mean, these are, this is one a one B right. You know, I like Boog. I love his voice. I mean, I I watch baseball all the time, so I'm very familiar with him. I'm more familiar with him than Jason. Really. I didn't know Jason till, you know, a couple of years ago. I remember Boog Shambi doing games in 2011, 2012, even, you know, back when ESPN did Wednesday night, uh, you know, uh, Monday night baseball, that stuff. So yeah, I'll I'll put Boog is yeah. Well, we'll do that. One a one B. Boog Shambi will get the nose over Jason Benetti, just barely, but I'll, I'll give it to him. And then let the games begin. Let the battle ensue between the two of them. I just think it's great that we got two great voices now on the north side and the south side. John Zaglul, thank you so much for joining, my friend. You can check him out on WCKG Radio. I believe that's 1530 if I'm getting the numbers correct on that. Also check out sportstalkchicago.com. That is his website. You can also check him out on Facebook. He's always posting his takes and his show on his site fairly daily, also on YouTube as well. John, man, thank you so much for joining. Great to meet you. Happy New Year. Hopefully we can do it again. Oh, any anytime, Joey. Thank you so much. Had a great time. This is Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Make sure you head there this weekend for all the great game spreads, totals, and props. And make sure, I don't know, maybe throw a coin on those Chicago Bears to cover or maybe a Chicago Bears money line to win. That is up to you, Bears fans. But thank you so much for listening. We're coming back with more great Bears content, a little fancy football talk this week. So make sure you check that out. Thank you for listening today. Until then, be well, be safe, be good to each other. We will talk soon. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.